0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Fort Worth OMB podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr Brian Wong, and I'm your co-host
1: Dr. Matthew Earl, and we're very excited to be here today. So Dr. Earl, what are we talking about this week? This week we're going to talk about CPR-induced consciousness. What? Yeah, kind of a crazy thing to have happen.
0: I think I have had that it actually happen to me before when I was, uh, when I was a resident. Okay, tell me more. So I, this was during my second year. I was a brand new second year, and I was feeling like a hot shot in the ED. Right, um, I walk in, and I'm about to take sign out from my co-resident, and all of a sudden we hear like one of his patients is coding. We run over to the to the room, and we see the patient is clearly unconscious. And I jump onto the patient, and then I start actually compressing and. As soon as I did four compressions, all of a sudden, the patient woke up, and I stopped.
1: So you did compressions on someone who didn't need compressions?
0: I mean, pretty much. Like, I did compressions on her. She woke up, and I was like, all right, I'm stopping right here, right now. And then next thing you know, she kind of gets really tired and falls back asleep again. And then I'm just like, well, what's going on now? and my friend who had seen this before was just like do compressions again and as i do more compressions she wakes back up and i'm just telling everyone no, no stop, stop 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 everyone stop and then my friend was just like no 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 we need to continue going on this is cpr induced consciousness i'm like what this is the first time i've ever heard of this before
1: yeah it's an incredibly jarring experience isn't it
0: oh yeah it was very very crazy and i was completely blown in the moment and it completely taken me back.
1: It yeah. definitely humbled me. Yeah. And it throws off your CPR like crazy. You are not running that resuscitation the way you think you would normally.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
1: So with that incredible story, why do people wake up during CPR?
0: So uh, doing some research into this is not a whole ton of research into this because it's such a very rare phenomenon. But what we do know is that when you are providing effective CPR, you're actually perfusing the brain. And so then it's kind of like, you know, it's when you turn the lights off, but then when you start mashing on their chest, now the lights are turned back on again. So they kind of like start waking up and it can vary from like eye fluttering to groaning to like some like non-purposeful movements, almost kind of like a like they're kind of like in a stroke-like moment and whatnot Mm -hmm. um, to complete consciousness. And then to this point where this lady was literally saying, stop doing that. It's hurting me. And then as soon as we stop, she just go right back down again, it, which is exactly what happened. You know, like, you know, you stop perfusing her brain once you stop mashing on her chest.
1: Yeah. Kind of super, super distressing as the compressor to have somebody wake up while you're doing compressions and say, please don't do that. to Oh me my gosh. I,
0: I was freaking out the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, we also don't necessarily know what the predictive factors are. Um, it's not very well identified. It can be happened in both witness and unwitnessed arrests. Age eh, doesn't really seem to be a factor, but what we do know is that you know, like good high-quality CPR could potentially bring them back. So it's definitely one of those things you have to be on the lookout for.
1: Absolutely. And it seems like since our system has started using automatic compression devices we've heard about a few cases of this Yeah. where people will wake up with the thumper going and it's pretty distressing to the medics to see that.
0: Yeah. And that is certainly what happened to me. Um, and which is also another reason why that my uh, co-resident told me to just keep on doing CPR. Even when the patient does wake up, you, you just got to do compressions through it because without it, they're going to go back down again. Yeah. So the patients are going to be uh, uncomfortable. They're going to be agitated uh, in the event that you are providing this high quality CPR, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do our full on compressions because like even those little gentle compressions, you're not providing enough of that perfusion to the brain. So you have to go on with your full on CPR.
1: Yeah. It certainly seems like this would be a huge problem with Try you're now just trying to balance not hurting the patient with doing the proper thing to keep them alive. And I imagine you just end up funneling into that mid zone where you're not doing either of them well.
0: Yeah. And you don't want to really be there either. You need to go like full on, on one side, high quality CPR in order to continuously perfuse the body, to perfuse the brain. And some patients may or may not remember what happens, like, afterwards. There have been some case reports stating that the patient is almost in a dreamlike state where they don't necessarily remember it all. They just remember, like, vague things
1: around them happening to them. And what if I told you there's some stuff that we can do to help with those CPR-induced consciousness patients?
0: Oh, please tell me. Please (laughs) tell me, Dr. Earl.
1: So the number one important thing is when you have somebody who is... Doing well enough in, a, in an arrest to wake up with compressions, that's a really strong prognostic factor. This patient is probably one that you can get back. That doesn't mean you're out of the woods, right? That doesn't mean, okay, we can stop chest compressions. They regain consciousness. You still need to do CPR, high quality, uninterrupted CPR, the best CPR you've ever done. But keep in mind, when these patients are waking up, this is similar to an EMS witnessed arrest. This patient is so close to ROSC that when you mash on their chest, they wake back up. So this is a really important arrest and you do not terminate this arrest. When you're seeing this, as the provider, you need to make the decision. Is the degree of consciousness interfering with my ability to do what this patient needs, right? They need high quality chest compression, CPR and ACLS. Right. Like you talked about earlier, Sometimes CPR-induced consciousness is just a little bit of groaning or like some finger flicking or like opening their eyes. That's not really preventing me from doing what I need to do to keep this patient alive, right? But if this is what, like the case you're talking about where the patient wakes up and says, please stop pressing on my chest, it hurts. If you have decided that this is in fact CPR-induced consciousness, that is overtly interfering with your medical care. So in that case, you get to make the decision. Is this something where the patient's just moving their arms around? Maybe physical restraints are enough to keep the patient from interfering, right? They just keep the the hands from flailing around. The patient is otherwise tolerating CPR well, and that's all you need to do. For those cases where patients completely wake up, ketamine is a good answer. It's going to potentially help with your hemodynamics. It's not going to hurt your hemodynamics as much as something like versed we actually have it in our protocols. You can give one mg per kig IV or IO with a max dose of 200 milligrams. And that's just enough to put them into the K-hole, put them in the twilight zone, so that you can do what you need to do to save that patient's life.
0: Well, what about Versed?
1: Versed, it's more likely to cause them to be more hypotensive. Like, it, just like in any patient, it doesn't have good hemodynamic effects. This patient's tiptoeing on a razor blade. We don't want to push them over the edge. So i would say definitely not versed and that's actually not in the protocols so that would be going outside of protocol for this specific situation if you are indecisive give olpg a call this is a tough case and this is a perfect case to get somebody else to to go through the case with you and say no that does sound like a good case for some sedation uh, at the end of the day this is a provider-based decision it's a risk benefit decision is the consciousness more of a problem that's going to prevent me from doing high-quality CPR, or is the risk of giving sedation more than outweighs what we're doing with CPR now?
0: See, I wish I had knew that, Um, and I wish I had known to give the patient sedation during the arrest because for me specifically, I definitely did not give high quality CPR in that moment that day. Had I known to maybe give a little bit of ketamine, a little bit of a dissociative agent so that I can continuously give that high quality CPR, maybe that would have uh, been a little bit better in that case and uh, the code probably would have ran a lot smoother.
1: So what ended up happening with your patient? Did you get ROSC?
0: So we ended up did getting Rosk, and she did end up going to, I believe, the cath lab, but she did not have
1: a good outcome afterwards.
0: She had a lot of comorbids, and she unfortunately passed uh, from, from
1: that episode. That's unfortunate. But she taught you a lot about what to do with CPR-induced consciousness. Yeah, no, that, that she did. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you for, for joining us to talk about CPR-induced consciousness today, and we'll talk to you next time.
0: See you next time.